Glitter. RPG a day. Take over. So, vision. Well, someone who has had glasses pretty much my entire life, it's hard not to think of the word vision and not think of eyesight. And it reminds me of the story my mum told me about how she figured out that my eyesight was bad. <laughs> that in like class I would do the desk work fine, but when they asked me about something on the board, I'd just answer a random answer. Like if, a, if it was a math problem, I would just pluck a number from the ear and give them that and you know, shrug my shoulders, you know, I couldn't answer it, so <laughs> shrug. Um, when they figured it out and I got my first pair of glasses, I walked out like staring at everything apparently and I asked my mum what the things on the trees were and she figured out eventually that I meant leaves and I replied with, oh, I always thought trees were fluffy and she always said that she cried pretty hard thinking about how hard things have been, must have been, for me for so long you know but for me well that was all I knew and I assumed everybody saw that way so it wasn't hard until I found out that I was different you know I think I could talk a bit about how vision in 5e is kind of a forgotten about point because it feels like everyone has dark vision or some way of negating the darkness and no one really ever uses vision in any other way other than like attacks that blind like there's no like short-sighted or long-sighted or colorblind or any of that kind of stuff going on in RPGs. So shrug, you know, and, and indeed I started to actually really delve into that, but I think someone will do a better job of that than I will really. Um, anyway, vision could also mean that one, like that comes when you look to the heavens or below for guidance or knowledge or like it can come unbidden, like prophecies that are handed down so that we can have like a fighting chance against whatever it is or not change it and just see it come true either way. But the trouble with that is sort of vision is that things aren't always what they seem. Interpretations can be a little difficult. And speaking of visions, I'm having one about Kyra. I think her day is about to get much more complicated than it already is. Okay, so I wanted to record the vision choices in a separate little thing so that um, when I get to that, when I'm like reading that part of the story, I can just kind of roll and we can just sort of see what happens. Um, so I made these up by reading a bunch of different kind of visions and thinking about things that I've read in the past um, and just sort of putting together random things. I been making them for like you know a good 24 hours kind of because I knew vision was coming um, and I thought that one might be tricky so um, I've come up with like six different things um, I don't have a story for any of them because I'm doing this literally every one of these um, I'm only recording on the day that it's got to go out um, which is putting a lot of pressure on myself maybe and maybe I'll regret that but currently we're rolling with that so I've come up with six um, and I'm going to read these six out to you now. So the first one is you stand in a temple and outstretch your arms as vines pour forth and over the walls crumbling them to bits as people try to stop you. 
obviously the you in this would be Kyra. Um, two, a burning forest, the bark of a tree parts, revealing a gnarled antlered face with great stone eyes and a voice that sounds like the song of a thousand birds and crickets speaks of being forsaken. Three, a figure sits cross-legged before a boulder, palms together and head bowed. From behind you emanates a mournful humming. Beyond the boulder, a lush fertile valley gradually succumbs to a wave of death and decay and on the boulder is your name. <coughs> Sorry, I can't edit. Ah. Um, four. A silver dragon sits beneath an ash tree. It looks at you intensely and begins to speak. And as it does, it turns to ash and blows away in the wind. Um, five. You're dragging stones into place and building a tower slowly. Once built, it flashes with bright light. And then darkness falls. And then six. The blood red moon and you're covered in blood howling towards the sky there are thousands of bodies around you and you have no idea who they are so that's our six vision choices um i look forward to seeing what i'm gonna roll and what it's gonna be and what the story ends up being if it's got anything to do with the vision (laughs) at all i'm so nervous Kyra stood up and yelped as she felt a slight twinge in her ankle. Hobbling around the side of the backpack and down the alley, desperate to be out of view, she tested how it carried the weight. Crap, she thought, as it did not carry well, and she put her bag down to draw out one of the good berries she kept inside. She was quickly chewing this, feeling the pain in her ankle subside, when she heard a quiet voice coming from further down the alleyway say, Are you okay? Kyra? She peered down into the dim light to see a short and slim figure with flowing hair and pointy ears. Gwaine, the daughter of Elaine and Durin, walked tentatively towards her, looking concerned with a package wrapped in her arms. She smiled and flapped her hand at Gwaine and said, I think I'm fine, honey. Just go back inside. I think it, maybe you shouldn't talk to me. And promptly burst into tears again. Gwen rushed toward her, dropping the package at her feet and wrapping her arms around Kyra's waist. Oh, Kyra, why are you so mean? I knew you weren't evil. I tried to tell them, but that stupid lady is lying to everyone. You would never do all that stuff, she said. I haven't done anything, Kyra whined. Gwen pulled back and shook her head quickly. No, it's not what you've done. It's what you will do. They think you're going to do something very bad for us all. The lady saw you do it and says that you will and there's nothing we can do to stop you. Kyra swallowed thickly and tried to wrap her head around what this meant. But if I haven't done it yet, then maybe I can just not do it, whatever it is. But then it won't happen. Gwen's face lit up with a smile and exclaimed, Of course! You have to talk to her. I just know you'll be able to stop it. Kyra got heavily to her feet, feeling the weight of her future settling on her shoulders, and she stared hard at Gwen, determined to know the truth in total, and asked the last question. So, 
What did she say exactly? The smile slipped from Gwen's face as a strange expression came across it, and Kyra wondered at it. She realised it was the way her youthful face turned so serious that was strange. No person so young should ever have to carry such a weight, and she was sorry to have caused it. But there was barely time for this thought to cross her mind before Gwen spoke. A monotonous tone issued from her, the sound of fate and prophecy, and as she spoke, Kyra shivered with the feeling of impending doom. Okay, so here we go. Got my dice, and I'm gonna roll. What vision is she gonna see? Okay, it's a two. What did that mean? A burning forest, the bark of a tree parts, revealing a gnarled and antlered face with great stone eyes, a voice that sounds like the song of a thousand birds, and cricket speaks of being forsaken. Apparently that's it. I wonder what I'm going to do with that. I have no idea. I guess it'll be fun. (laughs) Thanks for joining me in this Jules from NZ RPG a day takeover episode. I hope you're enjoying our improvised D&D 5e story made from these prompts. So tune in tomorrow for our next prompt. Thanks to my jams, Lucas, Shell, Scott, Glenn, James, and Jason. And a massive big thanks to everybody listening to this episode. I don't know if it was Aotearoa New Zealand or roleplay games that brought you here, but I'm glad you stopped by. We'll be back to New Zealand episodes in September because August is for RPG. Enohora, kakite anō. Goodbye, and see you again soon. Mwah!